Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast is sponsored by fine people like Warren Butson. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Days of the Broken Arrows, the Idol Race. Broken Arrows was released as a single by the Idol Race in April 1969. It was the first record Jeff Lynne produced. To make sure the young and inexperienced Jeff didn't screw things up, Liberty Records assigned producer Noel Walker to watch over him. Noel told Liberty that he wasn't needed. Jeff knew what he was doing and could handle it all on his own. Peter Jones wrote in the May 10th, 1969 issue of Record Mirror, Featured so much on radio, they are bound to have a hit soon, and this could well be the one. It starts with a pretty intro, then into a good walloping beat, a touch of the Beatles' influence in there at times, but all good stuff. It didn't make the charts. David Wells wrote in the August 2019 Birthday Party CD liner notes, Days of the Broken Arrows sounded decidedly similar to the move's rare flop single, Wild Tiger Woman, with the cryptic lyric, The message on the garden wall says Mickey Mouse is bad, that suggested something unpleasant might be lurking in the undergrowth of the overgrown flower child's perfumed garden. Reviews were once again encouraging. Lynn publicly expressed his frustration shortly after Days of the Broken Arrows hurtled into oblivion. Everyone in the world seems to say, that's a good record, it should be in the charts. But that's it, he fulminated. Message for you, son. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. <laughs> and I'm Eric Winsenson. And Days of the Broken Arrow. There was one day where I did break my arrow. It was very, very painful. I was out of commission for a few weeks. I really hope you are not making a joke about your phallus. I would never, ever do that. I am a mature adult in my mid-fifties, and I would never resort to penis or fart or burp jokes. Neither would I. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody go and listen to every single episode we've done, watch all the Zoom casts, and just try and find where we went juvenile with our little jokey jokes. Yes, listen to every single one, including the ones you have to pay for, and see if you can find any of those. That's your challenge. Yep, because you're going to want to do that, because you're going to want to make a little spreadsheet and check mark. Oh, EPJ made a fart joke. If there's one thing that I know humanity loves, is to get in my face and say, Ha! I caught you! I told you! So, enjoy the fun everybody else does. So now that we've promoted ourselves in a roundabout way and uh, Mm -hmm. somehow managed to segue out of that... It's what we do every week. It's our superpower. 
Yes, let's yes. try to talk about the song. Yes. Back to the story. So, we d- finished up the first Idol Race album, and it was fantastic. It was great. Even the one or two weaker songs were still pretty damn good. And I just can't wait for what comes next. Well, here we go. We got what comes next. It's not an album. It's just a single. And this is what we see what the Idol Race can do after that fantastic album. And it is a perfect example of what happens when you've got all the right things to make a good song, but you put those things in the wrong order and it just makes uh, an okay song. That slow opening, that went on for way too long. It was like 30 seconds. I think halfway through it, I was like, oh, please don't let this be the whole song because I'm kind of drifting off. But it does kick in and it's not bad. I mean, it's not a terrible song. It's okay. Jeff Lynne's got a nice melody going here, but I think if there were some sort of alternate take, who knows, that might be better. But until that happens, why don't we see what Winsensen has to say about this version? My thought on it is, it's nice to see Jeff Lynne stepping up a bit. He wrote the lyrics, he co-produced the single, and the lyrics read like poetry. I had to look him up because I couldn't understand everything he was saying in no. the single because of how the thing is mixed. Yeah. So I had to look him up. And yeah, it's it's good. It's about um, an older man thinking back on his younger days and playing with some woman, wondering if she's passed away, if she's still alive, what the situation is. It's really good, written-wise. There's some decent music in it, too. Now, the one thing he forgot is... Now, not every song needs this, but if you're doing a single, you need it. There's things called hooks <laughs> yeah, and choruses. Now, sometimes you can get away without a chorus. Bohemian Rhapsody definitely does that. Yeah. But Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> also goes from a ballad to an opera to a metal song. But this builds up a little bit, and then it's... Okay, there's no variation or anything. There's kind of a chorus, but not really. And it really is hard to understand the lyrics and the way it's mic'd and mixed and everything. I don't know if that's Jeff Lynn's fault or that's the other guy's fault that produced this or if it came down to the engineering or whatever, but it just kind of falls flat. It also feels like it should not be a single. It should be an album track. Mm. This is something you put deep in the album. It's not filler, but it's still an album track, and you just go, okay, that was an interesting album track. It's not a single. Follow Me Follow is a single. Mm. High in the Sky is a single. I Like My Toys is a single. Skeleton in the Roundabout (laughs) is a single, which Phillips can never figure out any of that for the most part, except for that last one. But no, they're more than happy to release this thing as a single. Instead of just saying, how about we leave this for your album that's coming out soon? Yeah. And we try a different song. I would assume this thing did not chart at all. No, it didn't. Even though it got released in France as well, with a picture sleeve. But I don't think it charted in France either. That's understandable. If you're going to have a hit single, have something that grabs you as soon as it starts playing. This rambling guitar strumming that goes on for 30 seconds, that's not going to hook me. I'm going to like, is this song going to do anything? Well, I guess not. Let me see what's on BBC4 or 
KUPD or what else is on the radio? K-Fire. K-Fire, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Your local hip-hop station in Phoenix. I'm not saying that the slow opening never works. In my head, I was thinking of Venus and Mars rock show. Venus and Mars starts off slow. At least it's a catchy slow. And there's some other stuff going on in there. Some little synthesizer woo-wooing. And of course, Paul's voice is always great. Sitting in the stand of this arena. And then it breaks into rock show. Which is also great. You mix the two together, you get two ends of the uh, music spectrum, the ballad part at the beginning, and then the, the rockin' part, and it's great. This? Um, how long is this going to go on? Now, the alternative version, that's where everything went right. starts right up just loud and the opening kind of reminds me of the opening for hold on tight it's just got that buzzsaw opening and that quiet part it's in the right part of the alternate take or the alternate version or the alternative version whatever version that was not released until that 1990 whatever cd compilation of all the idol race and special idol race bonus tracks the bulk of the song is the rockin part and I don't know, it comes off better that way than it did in the officially released version. But right in the middle, for the bridge, you got the slow part. There goes that little girl And it's different. At least the guitar doesn't sound quite as rambling. But when you put it right smack in the middle of a rockin' song, it's like, this is a pleasant break. I'm enjoying this. And then you get right back into the rockin' song. The alternate version, I like that. I will add that to a playlist and I will enjoy it anytime it comes on. The one released as a single, I don't think you need it if you've got the alternate version on your playlist. I 100% agree with you about that alternative version. That's what I was looking for. Some parts of it are still mixed to where you can't understand, but I think sometimes that may just be Jeff Lynne's accent. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there's a lot more separation in the actual instruments. It has a better opening that actually does catch you at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's got more variation. Yes. This is what they should have done. (laughs) I don't know. I, I... this is a completed version. This doesn't sound like a demo. This isn't take one and then a bunch of fart noises. Um, yeah. As they try and figure out what they're going to fill in this song with later. Yeah. This is a completed version. And it sounds better than what was released. Was this a Phillips decision or was this a Jeff Lynn decision? I don't know. This is the version that should have been on the single. Yeah. Because this is the one that grabs you right from the start. I mean, it's hard to And then ignore. it has that guitar at the end. I mean, at this point, I don't care if there's a chorus because I can kind of understand the lyrics a little bit better. 
and it's just not one thing over and over <laughs> again. It's up and down and up and down the way it should be and actually starts to push the emotion behind the lyrics rather than just what in the world is all this racket? <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing on both of them I can say is I'm wondering why we had that old man screaming at people voice from Jeff Lynne on some of the first ELO albums when it's obvious his good voice <laughs> was already there in Idle Race. Yeah, it was. That's one thing that this single, both versions, does have going for it. Is you can hear the way he's singing, you can hear the variation, you can hear the voice he's going to use on the best of the ELO stuff. Yeah, I wonder if that voice on the first couple of ELO albums was a holdover from the move. It might have been, yeah. You know, I'm sure Roy Wood was pushing, let's distort our voices and get really rocking, screaming. Yeah, no, this is the Lynn I like to hear voice-wise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have no idea why this would not have been what was released. I don't get it, because this grabs you right from the start. You hear that coming on the radio, yeah. and it's like, well, I'm not touching that. But the other one... That's a menace to society, because you're going to put people to sleep if they're out driving and that song comes on the radio. <laughs> but I, I I, swear every single decision that was made about the idle race was wrong. 100% wrong. Yeah, I think the only good decisions were sign them, that first album, and I'm going to say let Jeff and Lynn... Jeff Lynn going, you know what, maybe I should take that offer from where I would. <laughs> And I was going to say <laughs> so. let Jeff Lynne produce, but the single that was released, we're not all that happy about. Yeah. But I just know that letting Jeff Lynne produce leads to much, much better things coming. I mean, this was his yes. first time producing, so cut him some slack for the first time. But I don't know whether to blame it on him. <laughs> there's so much more in the studio, and there's so much more after you've recorded, especially since hearing the alternate version, and it sounds good. Yeah. So is this what Phillips wanted? And so, why? I, I, I don't know. We did, Dave Pritchard, if you're still listening, give us a call. You know the number. Yeah. Straighten us out, because <laughs> we don't know. I wasn't alive for probably another couple months, so I can't really say. Yeah, I didn't pop out three years later, so. And I don't think there's any way that my parents would have taken their infant over to England to watch a bunch of hippies record in the studio, since uh, we don't have that kind of money or connections. Mm, plus, I know your dad and his opinion on hippies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> Got something to say about Days of the Broken Arrows? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 6238503375. Call now. Feast the Music, a pre ELO song by song podcast is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast Channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod or PayPal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, Warm Red Carpet.
Da <laughs> da